I have a thousand one jokes about dating. My dating life has inspired endless amount of material curated in my head and on paper. Do I date for material? I want so badly to say no, but there has been men that I knew were just going to end up as a joke and I just went with it anyways. When I look back on the way I dated and the type of men that I gravitated towards during certain times of my life, I can definitely say that there were marked periods that were bad, weird, and great. As a teenager, I desperately wanted a boyfriend. When I got one, I clung to him hard, hard. There were so many problems with this relationship, but I didn't, I didn't care whatsoever. Why did you like that boyfriend, Abby? Because he was my boyfriend, <laughs> nothing more. Nothing more. When that was over, I got obsessed with this older man that was in a relationship. I was 19 and he was 32, which at the time seemed very fiery and scandalous. I worked with him and he truly became my best friend. Teenage Abby, for some reason, thought that because we were friends, that automatically meant that we were soulmates and that we belonged together. He would do the most minuscule amount of chivalry and I would stop my mental love fireworks from happening in my brain. Oh, oh my God, he handed me the stapler. Oh my God, he drove me home even though he lives like in my direction. He just, it's just showing that he cares. I had a complete shift in my 20s. 100% had no desire to get any attention from men. There, there was no dramatic dating or boyfriend event. I just didn't want to put myself out there or spend any mental energy into it. I found myself doing everything besides dating, painting, watching, endless amount of TV, even gardening. Um, in my early 20s, I was a seven-year-old <laughs> widowed retiree. Around my mid-20s, I downloaded my first dating app. Oh, dating apps. Uh, the blessing and a curse, or more just a curse. The app that I downloaded first was OkCupid. I remember being so nervous and excited. In my mind, I was just days away from finding a boyfriend and being in love forever. Pressure much? <laughs> the first date that I had on, from this app was, and I don't say this lightly, the fucking worst. <laughs> the worst. <laughs> it quickly slapped me in the face of the reality of online dating. I'd gotten so excited about meeting this man. He was older, he was charming, he had a beard, he lived in Ireland when he was a child. Obviously, he was my soulmate. Mm -hmm. When he showed up for the first date, he had one shaven his beard, so I had low-key been catfish. Um, his personality was nothing like it was on paper. He talked incessantly about himself and, that, and was very arrogant. It was about one hour into our one-sided conversation where he literally said the words, I'm not anti-feminist per se. Uh, that's when I tuned out. At the end of that, that date, he tried to kiss me, which uh, thankfully I avoided. I pulled the classic, oh, here's my cheek and not my, <laughs> and not my lips. I still cringe at the thought of this man touching me. When I got home, I sat on my couch and stared at the wall for hours and then finally got the courage to message him and tell him that I didn't feel a connection and we never spoke again. After this garbage fire of a first date, I surprised surprisingly continued to search for the love of my life. For a good seven year span, I was dating a new person constantly. 
just a series of one-monthers or one-nighters. Was I searching for love? Debatable. If you want to call it like it was, it was needy, horny dating. <laughs> I am a great one-month girlfriend, however. Um, I'm caring, I'm generous, I'm fun. You want to be around me, but obviously for a limited period of time. When I hit my 30s, I was less inclined to have this rotating door of men. My libido was still at an all-time high, um, but dating in that way in my 20s uh, seemed exhausting, and also my back hurt. So, um, <laughs> Also, fuck friends exist. I figured that out late. Um, zero attachment, primo sex. It's fucking beautiful. You see, when you meet all of these men, you can get a sample of the good and bad ones. You can keep the good ones around with boundaries. Um, has there been times where I've had multiple fuck friends at once? That's none of your business. That's none of anyone's business. But I have. Yes, yes, <laughs> of course I have. Um, uh, fuck friends are people too, and they have lives and schedule. The likelihood of having one fuck friend available to you when you would like them to is slim. Um, so having a couple to choose from is really smart. It all comes down to the math. It all comes down to the math. Right. Welcome to House of Stone. Welcome to House of Stone, the podcast where everyone has a story and we get into the nitty gritty of it all. Today's guest, we have Elspeth Wright. Um, I have a bit of an intro for you. Elspeth Wright is, shall I say, one of the pillars of the Montreal comedy scene. She's been on Off JFL. She's been on Just for Last. She made her debut on Just for Last last year. Uh, she's the creator of Battle of Wits and Stand Up St. Henry. Her comedy style is clever and honest, and she's got tons of recognition for her talent, including uh, 2021's Comedian to Watch by the Montreal Gazette. Did I miss anything there in that in, in that intro? It was 2022. 2022. But, but. Oh my god. Oh my god. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, yes, 2022. Uh, comedian to watch. It's still my year. It's Let's still you your know. year. Definitely. Uh, how can people find you? Tell us your handles. Uh, Elspeth underscore right on Instagram, and mm -hmm. I think it's the same on Twitter. Honestly, if you type in Elspeth, like you're the only one. It's it's easy. The blonde one. Yes. There's usually some boobs in the picture. <laughs> uh, the yes. boob Elspeth. That yes. was a weird. My grandma's gonna listen to this. I apologize. Uh, <laughs> I just talked about having fuck friends. Grandma, I'm sorry. Like she's tuned out. She's 100 percent tuned out. I, 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 no. I hope you're still here, Grandma. Yeah. I hope you're still here. Um. So let's start with how you got into comedy. How did I get into comedy? Um. Well, I, I've always like I was always an actor. Like yeah. when I was a kid, I was in all the school plays, and then I studied theater in university. And so it's always just, you know, I just love a room full of people looking at me. That's um, amazing. That's amazing. Under the right circumstances. Because yes. I also have a lot of social anxiety. <laughs> but it's like when it's yeah. the purpose is that everyone's looking at me. Isn't I like it. It's kind of strange. There's a, there's a theme of like comedians that have a lot of social anxiety, yet they put themselves on stage. They're very awkward. And then they're on stage as a completely different person. Like I know, like I can relate mm -hmm. to that 100%. Like I'm a big old weirdo. I don't like crowds. I don't like, but yet I will stand in front of a crowd. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's different. Cause it's like, 
more controlled and you're showing them like a curated version of yourself yes yeah like they're not seeing grocery store elspeth like (laughs) they're seeing you know like i've rehearsed this quite literally and it's like you know it's a the most polished Mm -hmm. but also weirdest version of myself like the things i say on stage i feel like i would never really say you know if i was on a first date or at a job interview Mm -hmm. or something like but it's i don't know you're giving them yeah, a portion yeah. of yourself that you can control, and I think yeah. that makes it a or little easier. Or like a version easier. of yourself that you've chosen yeah, to, exactly. to present. Um, where when you're raw on your own, it's like, the, I don't know what version of myself you're getting. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I completely 100% get that, yeah. So you studied theater, mm-hmm. you were you're kind of in that, that world, and when did you first hit the stage? Yeah, so I started, like my official like comedy birthday Mm-hmm. is like December uh, 2018. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had done like a couple open mics before then. Like I did like an open mic like every six months okay. for a while. Okay. Uh, like I do one and then just be like, that was scary. And then just keep going back. Yeah. So I wanted to figure it out. And then December 2018, I was just like, I'm going to do this and I'm going to take it seriously. Yeah. And I just got so addicted so, so quickly. It was like... <laughs> You know, I just, yeah, by January mm-hmm. of 2019, I was like, you know, trying to do a show at least. I remember being like, oh my gosh, I have shows every week this month. And yeah. I'm just like, oh, you poor sweet kid. You still <laughs> know, right? got sleep. Yeah. Like, that's so yeah. cute for you. Yeah. Um, but I love it, you know, and it's just, it's been mm-hmm. what going was, since there. Yeah. yeah so. Where was your first open mic? Like, what mic did you do? Grumpy. Oh my God. Yeah. Are you serious? That's a tough one to start with. Yeah. And you wanted to do it? I think that's my first like three sets were at Grumpy's. And I think that's why I uh, took six months off between the first (laughs) ones and didn't officially start until like a year after I had done it for the first time. I mean, for listeners Uh, that don't know, Grumpy's is a bar in Montreal that has an open mic every week. mm -hmm. Um, And it is a hard room. It's a later show. You kind of like show up, you sign up, and you Mm -hmm. go up. And uh, most of the people there do not want to hear comedy whatsoever they're at the bar they're getting drunk they're regulars there Mm -hmm. they're just like so bitter that this happens every single week i love it so much (laughs) i know i do love it (laughs) i I also it was you know it was back you know pre-pandemic when it was a little more loosey-goosey yeah excuse me and Mm -hmm. uh and so i went with like a bunch of friends Mm -hmm. and so like this was when the show went until close yeah so like because I brought the audience, yeah. we were. I was on at like two thirty, and yeah. I got there yeah. like when it opened because I was like <laughs> I was very me about it. I was like, yeah. okay, this is I'm here. Yeah, I have my notes. I have, I have my special little outfit. Like, yeah, you know, I was and I was just like thirteen hours later, <laughs> I got on stage, just so nervous. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, cause it's like, oh, like it's, I still get really nervous yeah. before shows, but like, I like took the day off work <laughs> to oh my do grumpies, yeah. which looking back is adorable and stupid, but, that's uh, so cute. <laughs> like, no, that's all. That is so cute. Well, like when I, uh, when I did uh, stand up for the first time, I, I wasn't working at the time I was in school and it was in the summer and I wasn't like, I wasn't working. Mm-hmm. Um, so I literally was at home all day thinking about it, mm-hmm. rehearsing it, like like staring at the wall, so nervous. And now looking, it's like I don't even think about my set till I get to the venue. 
I get unless nervous I, before I need, every set. Uh, yeah, still, unless like unless I need to do new material, I want to do new material. But like even then, like the the time limit is very very oh, yeah, short yeah. compared to what it used to be. For sure, for sure. Yeah. Do you remember your first set? A little bit. There was a joke that I still do sometimes. I obviously changed a lot about mm-hmm. how I'd be good at getting kidnapped. <laughs> yeah. Um, I have I did that for the first time in like a year, like the other day. Um mm. that it worked. And it did, except yeah. I think I've definitely fallen out of love with that joke. Like okay. it's definitely Yeah. Um, yeah. And there is a couple I feel like I was just like way too self deprecating at first. Yeah. And like to the point where it wasn't funny. Yeah. Like, oh yeah. Um, yeah. And I think that's a lot of people. I have to find that balance all the time. Mm-hmm. All the time, people are like, people don't like. They're like, no, you're you're a great person. The, like audiences are kind, but you're just like, no, you have to believe me that I suck. Yeah. <laughs> and it's uncomfortable too. Like now, yeah. like yeah. looking back at some of my older stuff, or like if I see someone else who's just like talking shit about themselves, it's like, yeah, I just want to hug you. Like yeah. I don't have, I can't mm-hmm. see your demons from. From the audience yes yeah you know so it's mm-hmm. like i yeah so yeah. i think i don't really use a lot of those jokes anymore okay okay yeah. uh, i don't remember i mean i've said this in like, i think the first podcast um that i don't remember any of my first set like i mm. really don't and i re- i found a recording of it on my phone and i realized that it was that set and i would refuse to mm-hmm. listen to it i i just think that it'll just shake my foundation i think yeah. but i remember it not being good uh, i my first set was at the nest um, which ridiculous. Um, <laughs> it was fun, but it was yeah. like, it's such high, it feels so high pressure yeah. even now. Oh, I was like six months in by the time I finally went to the nest. Like, yeah. I think I did it in like April. Yeah. I like literally started at the nest and that was the only place I did it for like a long time. Cause I was so intimidated by the people in the scene and oh, other same. locations. <laughs> I mean, I did the comedy works and mm-hmm. I mean, you started after the comedy works went away. Um, but yeah, I, it was the co- like I did the comedy works I think but like those were the two that I and it was mostly the nest because I was like comfortable there it just I could hide there I can you know email get a call then hide in the mm-hmm. back and then go like I didn't have to interact with anyone n- network or what I hate that and I hate that word network with anyone to like get on their show mm-hmm. their open mic it wasn't I just didn't want to do any of that or it was just so intimidating um but yeah I don't remember any of my set but I do remember it not being good <laughs> I'm sure like I, that's the thing though I feel like with anyone who like does more than like a couple sets Mm -hmm. and like becomes like a comedian. Like it has to have been like at least a little good. Like I can't imagine you doing a set that's fully terrible, you know, but it's definitely, you're so much better now because you've been doing it and are, you know, improving as with anything. And, uh, Sarah Quinn hosted that open mic that I did and she's she's like I don't remember the material but material but she said she remembers really liking me mm-hmm. on stage, but she can't say a bad thing about anyone. So like, I'm like, what is true? Um, so anyway, I do remember meeting you for the first time. Mm-hmm. I, do you remember meeting? I do. It was outside yeah. of world smallest. Yes. Uh, and so many people had been like, do you know, Abby Stonehouse, you two will love each other. Yeah. And then like, Ages later, we met yeah. outside of World Smallest. I was like, you're happy. It was like starstruck because so many people had been telling me about you. And yeah. I was like, 
uh, still new, but yeah, yeah, I remember. It was just like, she's just as nice as everyone says. Like, yeah. I mean, I remember hearing your name and then seeing your name on social media and like, for some reason, our like our past and cross mm. for so long. But that was like, I, I don't know, there was probably a million reasons why. Like I was in school in the time and like it was just like, I don't know. But anyway, so we finally in front of World Smallest. Yeah, mm. yeah, I remember that. It was really cool. Yeah. <laughs> I like moments where I remember someone for like meeting them for yeah, the first time. Like same. I mentioned it in a couple episodes back with like Michelle. Is like, I remember the first time meeting Michelle. I remember the first time seeing her on stage. I don't know, there's something like magical about yeah. those moments i don't know anyways i wanted to have you on this episode with talking about dating because um, <laughs> i mean i feel like that's where we've connected most mm-hmm, in our friendship mm-hmm. in the past like we had a road trip to toronto <laughs> a few years ago and i feel like we talked about the boys we had crush crushes yeah. on the entire oh, time yeah, yeah. the entire yeah. time <laughs> So, yeah, I wanted to talk about dating with you. Um, I mean, I have a ton of questions um, uh, that we can go on. But, like, what is – can you relate to having, like, a trend in your dating? Oh, my God. Uh, Are you emotionally unavailable? (laughs) Yeah. I'm interested. That's kind of – Yeah. I was thinking about this on the way here. And for, like, the the men I've dated, it's definitely – yeah, emotional, unavailable, and beard. And I feel like yes. that's just something I really need to talk yes. about in therapy. Um, <laughs> but, yeah. I, I do. I I mean, we like a beard. I love a beard. Do you, do you remember like, a few years ago we were chatting? There is a online dating app for men with beards. Yes. It's not active anymore. Yeah, it's not I active. It. I had it when it was active. But you told me about it, and Personally, I downloaded I it, it right away. <laughs> right away so um because i was like um of course yeah. we, i need this in my life but it's not active it obviously died very quickly yeah. like the, the, the whole platform is like really old or like yeah. at least like four years ago it was like really really old and like didn't work anyways but it's it's not a bad idea I don't know, software developers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yes, beers, emotionally unavailable. Yeah. Um, definitely can relate to that. Um, uh, my boyfriend now has no beard and is very emotionally available. That's disgusting. It's so gross. <laughs> it is I just so throw weird. Up in my mouth. It is so weird. I do not, I don't understand. I still, like, I just don't understand. Yeah. Like, I'm like, no, you're not supposed to be this nice. Mm-hmm. You're not supposed to, anyways, it's fine. Um, do you remember uh, one of the worst dates you've oh ever been Oh my gosh, on? as you were talking, yeah. I was remembering so many of them. Uh, there was one that I went on a couple years ago, and it was the date after this date. I actually met somebody that I dated for, like, a year or so okay so and i feel like that's maybe also why i remember it but also <laughs> because it was just truly awful mm-hmm. um so i went on a date with this guy we met on like okay cupid and like he was cute um but just like off his rocker and not in a fun way like me <laughs> like <laughs> he just like he was one of those people you know like when you are you say a word Mm-hmm. And then they associate that word to a song and just start singing that song. Oh no! Yeah, so bad. It was also it was all Disney music, Disney songs <laughs> or musicals, which is like my least favorite. Did he like make? Did he make eye contact with yeah. you? Yeah. Oh, and, and it was just loud. It was like a bravado. Like I'd be nice. like, nice. Look, 
and he'd go, look at this stuff. And, but it was like every 30, <laughs> every 30 seconds. Like it was yeah, so bad. And then it just like got worse. Um, oh no. And like we went to uh, St. Ambrose Brewery, yeah. which is lovely. Like the terrace there are so nice. Um, and we're sitting out there and like for some reason I like mentioned, you know, it was when Trump was still president mm-hmm. and I like mentioned it. And he, he was like this big grown man in his thirties and I mentioned Trump and he just goes, Oh, that makes me want to go home and cuddle with my teddies. And I was just like, just saying it right now, just made me quiver. Oh my God. My whole body. And I was like, Oh my God. And like, I was like, all right, let's go. Let's leave this situation. I hate it here. Yeah. Yeah. And then on the way home, this was like before I did like a lot of therapy. So like I was still sort of like, I have to people please everyone. Mm. And I was so uncomfortable. Mm. Like this man was making me feel physically ill yeah. just with his personality. And I yeah. really hope he's found someone who loves I, musicals. Cause there he was nice. One hundred percent a Disney princess yeah. weirdo out there for this man. Yeah. But you, you don't have to fill that. Yeah. <laughs> that and then position. like he texted me and was like, want to hang out on Thursday. And actually mm. I remember cause it was on like the date he suggested to hang out was my birthday. And I was doing my second open mic ever at grumpy's again. Cause okay. what a stupid way to spend your birthday, but whatever. <laughs> and I was like, no, it's my birthday. He's like, Oh, I'd love to see. You. I was like, first of all, why would you invite yourself to somebody's birthday after you've been on one date with them? No, That's insane. No, absolutely not. That's insane. And yeah, I think he also like went for the kiss and I gave him the cheek. Um, oh. which oh, even wow. like I've kissed people I've had terrible days with cause I just love kissing. <laughs> so kissing is like, really for, fun. Yeah. For me <laughs> to give you the cheek, it has to be like yeah. bad. Like I've had like, I mean, that's a terror. Like I can relate. Like I've had terrible, terrible dates where like, I still want to kiss them just to see like they're okay. Yeah. Is it really that bad? Can yes, we, can, exactly. like, it's like a, another like confirmation, like, okay, Physically, this is bad, yeah. but like, um, I don't know. I've definitely went on dates where, like, how do you get out of this this Disney singing character weirdo? Like, how did you get out of that date? Like, I, like, honestly, we went for coffee after going to the brewery because I just yeah. couldn't, like, and yeah. the thing is, it's been a while since I've been on, like, a proper date date. Yeah. Like, yeah. I've, like, hung out with people and, yeah. you know, um... I feel like, like, even, like, the last date I went on, it was, like, a fine date. Like, we didn't really mm-hmm. click, and so it was, like, a mutual ghosting situation, which also, mm-hmm. mm-mm. I mm. was going to ghost you. Oh, yeah. I'm looking at the camera in case he's watching this. <laughs> I was going to ghost you. How dare you ghost yeah. me? Yeah. And we both go, that's offensive. She had the upper hand here. I had the upper hand. Yes. Yeah. No, I get that. I get yes. that. <laughs> I, um, it's funny because you said that like you went on a date with this guy before you started dating a guy like Mm -hmm. right after for like a year. I, the Mike doesn't know my boyfriend doesn't know this, but like the week that I started dating Mike, like I went on this, like I met this guy on hinge and I was like really nervous about the date with Mike. So like, I I was just like, I'm just going to go on this Mm -hmm. date. I'm just going to go just like get the jitters out. Um, this date was like, this was bad. This was like, it was a bad date there was nothing wrong with him he we just didn't click he did not know how to 
carry a conversation mm. whatsoever. Um, so the date was like done within 45 minutes, like, which is the sh- short, that is like, short. that's like, that's really, it's like, okay, I gotta go like, bye. And then like, we both like mutual, like same thing. Like we both didn't text each other like afterwards, but like, I was gonna like ghost him basically, but we both ghosted each other for yeah. sure. For sure. Um, but yeah, oh, it's hard for it first, like we're like bad, awkward dates. Like, <sighs> And I've gone on bad, awkward dates and then gone on second bad, oh awkward dates. Oh, yeah, I've done that, and I don't know why. It's just, I, like, because the attraction's there, but it's just not, like... Yeah. You know, it's just, like, oh, like, physically I'm into you, but our personality, like... Yeah, yeah. Don't, like, there's no chemistry. Yeah. And I think that's what causes the second bad date. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and I hate that. I hate that so much. And I, I just, it's, I'm, like, even though I'm just newly, like in a relationship i like if this ends i'll be fine single forever Mm. i'll be fine single forever i don't know if i ever want to go through that's i that's honestly (laughs) where i am i'm 35 i like you said that thing about starting a garden i literally started a tomato garden like last week that's amazing like i'm just i'm like yeah and it's not you know like i have my friends yeah my dalliances yeah yeah but uh oh my god like first mm. of all, I don't have time to date. I don't like yeah. I don't want to be like, okay, like the few spare time that I have that I yeah. could be hanging out with like myself or my friends. Mm-hmm. I'm yeah. gonna go meet a stranger who might be a fucking weirdo. Like yeah. I'd rather hang out with the weirdos that I know and love. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and just because I do want to be in a relationship, but somebody mm-hmm. just needs me to deliver me yes. a person. That yeah. I'm compatible with because yeah. I it's hard won't dating. go find one. It's hard dating and in, in, and being a stand-up comedian, mm-hmm. I find. Like, you, well, one, you have a day job, and, like, most of us have day jobs, and we also are working at night. Mm-hmm. We have two full-time jobs. Like, how you, like, and the idea of actually dating someone, putting mental energy into that, mm-hmm. like, it's it's so it's so challenging and yeah 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 yeah. it's just not worth (laughs) i'm fine i'm fine like i i don't know like i would yeah yeah i wouldn't mind being in a relationship but just the thought of being like actively Mm -hmm. i'm gonna go on okay cupid i'm gonna swipe i'm gonna have these same conversation five times in one day Mm -hmm. and like oh well my name is actually scottish for elizabeth oh i lived in south korea and hockey like just like i already know what questions you're gonna ask based on my profile yeah oh my god just just send them like a pdf of like everything they need to know (laughs) (laughs) everything they need to know and then be like read this yeah do your homework then get back to me. Yeah, I'll start with the weird <laughs> shit too, just yeah, to weed yeah, out get, any. Get that, uh, get that yeah. out of the way. Uh, I think it's a good investment in time to put together. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I will do that if I'm ever on the <laughs> on the dating scene ever again. Um, I don't like. Oh my god, the idea of having to have Ugh. the first little exchanges. Like, oh, what do you do? I hate it. No, I don't. I like. For, like and I've kind of like I've gotten. I think I think I would get to the okay. Let's just have coffee because I'm not. Like, I'm not doing this, right? Like, mm-hmm. I'm not doing the back and forth. Like, I think I'm at that point where I would be that way, but I may not be. I don't know. I'm not sure. Yeah. Do you remember the first app you ever downloaded? What was it? It was when I lived in Hong Kong. Um, okay. I can't remember what it was. It was okay. similar. It was like an OkCupid okay type app. Okay. Um, 
It might have been. It was. I can't was remember it what it was Kong called. Specific. I don't know, but it was like very because this was like twenty thirteen. Was it like twenty fourteen? So it was something like that. Okay. Um. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it might have been like yeah, like it was. It was one that I don't think is around anymore. Okay. <laughs> um. And I that was actually what led to my first ever dating app date, which was like makes the Disney date look like a wholesome accident. Like oh, it was bad. Really? I ran away from the guy at the end of it. Was this the, the guy that smelled like cologne? Is that the, where the joke yeah, comes from? Yeah, Tell yeah, us about that yeah. date. So, I yeah, want to know. So, this is my first, I'd been in Hong Kong for like a week. And you know, like before that I lived in South Korea and like mm. in Korea, like, it was super easy to make friends and like everyone from my work just instantly was like, Oh, it's your first week here. We have all these plans for you. Let's be friends. It was great. It was amazing. Um, Hong Kong was not like that. There's like, we don't give a crap. Bye. And I like, I was like, anyone want to hang out this weekend? And they're just sort of like, I don't know, join a meetup group. Like, (laughs) just like, okay. Uh, so I was like, okay, well I'm going to find a boyfriend then I guess. (laughs) Um, And no friends find a boyfriend. Exactly. <laughs> and so I download whatever the app was and I meet up with this guy um, and he said he was Italian and that his name was like Luciano or something. <laughs> <laughs> he was from London, Ontario and his name was Luke, first of all. Mm. So we oh, meet up God. outside of... Mm. Mm. Abercrombie and Fitch. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he's, he had just bought like bags and bags of their cologne which like they pump into the street and like yeah. whenever i was in the part of hong kong that had that store i would cross the street because it would just smell for days it was, it's a tear i'm sorry if anyone watching or listening wears that cologne but honey you gotta change it's like, yeah. terrible i can smell it when i'm just thinking about it just, it's just horrible. experiment a bit with the yeah, scent try, like, <laughs> try yeah. it try something literally else. axe body spray would be better than that like god axe body spray i mean honestly i love the smell of old spice so like try an mm. old spice it's, yeah, it's, it, it's too it's my dad so i can't uh, i yeah. can't that and a- aqua velva <laughs> my dad changes in between those mm. and aqua velva is probably the first cologne that's ever been invented on this planet yeah. and it's, it's and my dad douses himself with it for some reason but only like once a week he will sh- like he will shower then get dressed up which is a hawaiian shirt douse himself with aqua aqua velva and then go out for dinner with my mom that's like, adorable it's adorable but, and but the thing is he thinks he's all being cute and he's getting like all dolled up for his wife. Mm-hmm. My dad, my mom hates cologne, <laughs> hates cologne. And so he's, he, he's doing it just for himself. Really. I, lo- I mean, look, self care is important. Yeah. Uh, it I think is. my high school boyfriend wore old spice. So I okay. feel like that's why yes. I sort it's like a little sense memory of. Um, yeah. Yeah. Scent, scent, yeah. scent memories are really nice. Yeah. I really like those. Anyways, go back to the story. So about- anyway, so <laughs> this guy's like, meet me at Abercrombie. And so we do. <laughs> and he's like, let's go inside. Cause they have like male models in there just standing topless. It's just, and he's just like, don't you want to see? And like, he's saying like really like degrading things about the male models. And I'm like, what is this guy? But maybe I always think maybe people maybe he's joking. Like whenever somebody's being truly awful, my instinct is to be like, "This is a bit." Truly, yeah. truly, this man's a joke. It, it just went. It went from bad to worse. So then we go to 
you know, we tried to go to this bar and it was like, it was an Ar- Ar- Armani bar, like a Armani branded bar. So oh, it was wow. very fancy. And I was like, oh. Hong Kong is different. Yeah. Though. Hong Kong is, is a wild like You're, you're saying these things. I'm like, how does that even yeah, compute? It's, <laughs> it's a super cool place. It is. It is uh, yeah. We're not in Kansas anymore. Uh, <laughs> And we go, and it's clearly closed. And I say to him, it's clearly closed. They are having a staff meeting. And he touches my hand, and he goes, it's not closed for us. And I'm like, who the fuck do you think we are? Like, <laughs> like we're, we're English teachers. Do you like, think, it would have been funny if you actually said yeah, it audibly. I who I the had, fuck like, did you think you are? If I could replay this date, I mean, it never would have happened, because I yeah. would have been wise and not so, like, I'm much better at being alone now than I was yeah. then. Yeah. Um, so we walk in, and the guy who uh, remember is thinks he's Italian, even though he's not. Okay. Um, like <laughs> I think he might have like one Italian grandparent. So like okay. there's it's yeah. in the mix, but it's like that'd be like me being like, oh, I can speak Norwegian because I have one. Yes. Nor like that's not the same. You're not. Yeah. Yeah. Y- you've never been there. You know. Yeah. Like it's. So anyway, so we walk <laughs> in, and he's. The guy's like, sorry, we're closed. He's like, oh. And the guy did have like this really thick accent. And uh, and he goes, and Luke, the guy who's on the <laughs> date with, goes, oh, is that an Italian accent I hear? Oh, my gosh. And I speak Italian. And then I shit you not, he just says like, spaghetti <laughs> like ciao bella vespa like he just like and i'm just sort of like what like Penny. does he think does he think this is impressing me and the guy's like i'm from spain we're closed please leave and i'm just sort of like why am i still here but i also think That's... part of me even like this was years before i did stand up yeah but i was like this will be a good story though someday right like yeah. this is gonna be so we eventually we walk through all the streets Mm-hmm. You know, we end up somewhere, uh, we end up at another bar, and this is when it gets from like, haha, this guy's a loser, to like, oh no. Oh. And he just starts saying like terribly sexist things about all of the waitresses. He says, like, women are good for two things, like making babies and making food. And I'm just sort of like shaking with anger, oh, but I also like no. don't have Google Maps on my phone yet. Like, I don't have a phone <laughs> oh yet. Like, gosh. I've, I am like, I can run into these streets and leave, but I have no idea yeah. how to get home. Like, yeah. now I would have just left. Yes. But in that moment, I was just so in shock that he was saying all these terrible things. So I just chug my beer and I'm like, oh my God, I have plans. And he's like, I thought you said you didn't know anyone. I was like, mm. Uh-huh. I do, I guess. Yes. Like my neighbor, you know, I just yeah. like found a way to leave. So we walk mm-hmm. back to the metro station mm-hmm. and it's like a couple stops. So we have to go, but I just like, I need to be away from this man. Yeah. And he's like, which station are you going to? And I say, I'm going to Wan Chai. And he goes, oh, I'm going in that direction as well. Thank goodness we can ride the metro together. <laughs> and oh, I almost no. started crying. Yeah. And so then mm-hmm. I heard the metro coming and I heard it's, like doors making the like ding 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 because it was yeah. about to close and I just booked it like oh I just ran God. as fast as I possibly could yeah like like just like no regard for anyone around <laughs> me I'm like pushing people out of the way I run and I jump on the train and the doors close right behind me and I turned around and he was right there but like on the other side of the door and i was just like and he was yeah and he looked at me like oh this sucks because clearly a woman running away from me isn't a sign that and like i sat down and he texted me at like before i even got to Mm -hmm. the seat 
like mm-hmm. just sort of like that was a great time. What? We definitely have chemistry, what? and I didn't respond. Yeah, and he like kept messaging me, and I was like, mm-hmm. how we were not on the same date clearly, or I'm just yeah. like too nice, mm-hmm. and I kind of need to learn to like be less nice with yeah. weirdos, and I have yeah. like you know this was ten years ago. I've changed a lot as a person, but oh mm-hmm. my god. It was wow. truly was horrible. Was this like the first guy you ghosted ever, or did you tell him to I fuck off? I think so. I think okay. this, yeah, because I... He obviously wasn't going to get the hint if even yeah. if you told him directly, I don't think. Yeah, no, he was a Ew. dumbass and a piece of garbage. Ew. <laughs> Ew. Yeah. I mean, you alluded this to this before a little bit, but have you dated people just for the material, for stand-up? <laughs> Material. I I've definitely gone on dates before where I've been like worst case yes. I'll get a joke out of it. Okay. Okay. Um. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I definitely have to. I definitely. Ha- I hate saying it, but yes, I definitely have. Yeah. <laughs> How would you compare um the way you dated in your twenties to now that you're in your thirties? I know. I just don't. <laughs> you just don't date at all now. Like, um. No. I. uh in my twenties, like so, like I have a uh, borderline personality d- disorder, mm-hmm. um, and in my twenties, uh, I had not yet received treatment for that. Mm-hmm. So I was just very desperate for any ounce of like love and affection that anyone could give to me because I had none of it going on internally. Okay, and so I think in my twenties, I was really just like chasing that and. Yeah. Yeah. Also, that led to me being in a lot of just, like, really shitty relationships with people who, like, took advantage of that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think now, like, you know, I, I've gone on a couple dates here and there, and it's sort of... Now I'm just more realistic about it. Like, when I was in my yeah. 20s, I'd be like... <gasps> going on a date he's the one yeah, you know we yeah. both like the simpsons he's you know it's just like <laughs> we both like uh, the beatles that that's so rare yeah. you know like just yeah. sort of you would like build this fantasy yeah. of oh, that yeah, yeah. wasn't and even I still there do that a little bit but I, like we all do. i don't believe it anymore yes you, know? you build the fantasy for fun i don't exactly. actually believe any of this yeah. but if it, it'd be nice if it came true yeah for sure um can you tell uh the listeners a little bit about borderline personality disorder what yeah what it's like what how do you what how it affects your life I mean now it's sort of better because I did go through a dialectical behavioral therapy which mm-hmm. is a DBT mm-hmm. uh, there are so many acronyms coming up and uh, <laughs> yeah so it's it's basically for me uh, it manifested itself in a lot of like emotional ups and downs like extreme mood swings Mm -hmm. yeah um like you know going from like wanting to be unalive Mm -hmm. to just having the best day within half an hour you know like just yeah very quick um there are some kind of like it's not technically mania but like you know sort of mania type things with it where it just be i'd be really excited and ready Mm -hmm. to go and yeah it's basically just really big ups and really big downs and uh for me i just like hated myself lots of like body dysmorphia like Mm -hmm. um and just you know like you know when you're like really annoyed about something and so you're like i'm gonna calm down Mm -hmm. and take a breath like just the inability to do that but with any emotion yeah so like when it's good it's great Mm -hmm. and it's like 
yay, like ride that. Mm-hmm. But uh, when it's bad, it's so bad. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, for sure. It's, um, I, I wanted you to describe because it's so it's so um, misunderstood. Mm, I find as yeah. a mental illness, it's so misunderstood. Um, and you've been very honest about it on stage and off stage, like um, within the stand-up community. Uh, community, and mm. I find it really refreshing that like someone's so honest about like having this mental illness and I I definitely try to like follow your suit because I have like extreme anxiety mm. I like I, I have bouts of depression but it's really really hard to be honest about it especially on stage because mm. like I don't know a lot of people just don't if there's a stigma there always yeah. like not I hope not always but there's still a stigma there so I mean yeah like there are definitely like even therapists who like won't treat people with BPD like when mm. You know, when I've been in crisis and have been at the hospital mm-hmm. for it, they find out you have BPD and they're suddenly just like, oh, okay, she's being dramatic and just treat you as such, which like, oh, wow. Okay. But it's still in my head. This is real. Yeah. Like yeah. it's real to me. I don't yeah. care. Like it's really misunderstood. And mm-hmm. like, it's, it's annoying because like I, you know, before therapy or like when I've been in crisis, I've definitely done awful things, but mm-hmm. I don't think I'm an awful person and I think like BPD can sort of you know cause behavior that isn't great Mm -hmm. but I also think that people with BPD like I I read somewhere that it's like walking around without any skin on so like you just feel everything you know it's like just walking around your whole body is an open wound yeah yeah and which is intense and obviously you would have these reactions to different things that are extreme Mm -hmm. but it's ultimately not your fault and you can you can go through therapy to shift Mm -hmm. those behaviors and prevent those like those episodes or what do we want to whatever we want to call it from happening um but i think it like because there's this terrible representation in the media Mm -hmm. of it for sure um so i think it's great that you're you're just out there being honest about it yeah i that's one thing that i um i enjoy about like talking about it on stage a little bit i feel like i kind of want to write a little more about it yeah um Cause like, you know, even if I just mentioned therapy or like just anxiety or anything that kind of goes along with it, Mm -hmm. like there's always a couple people in the audience who at least cheer. And I've definitely like, I remember like my first summer doing comedy, I was doing uh, an outdoor show at Blue Dog Mm -hmm. and I said like a joke about BPD and like this young lady came up to me with tears in her eyes and she was like, I like recently been diagnosed Mm-hmm. I feel so much shame. Like, thank you for tell, thank you for saying that joke because yeah. it made me feel better. And I was yeah. just like, that was like really cool. That was probably like one of the coolest thing that, yeah. that has ever happened in my stand up yeah, uh, career. Absolutely. Um, yeah, absolutely. I would love to have more material about my mental illness. Um, and I mean, maybe this podcast is more of a platform for mm. it um i do find it's hard to the right material about it. although i get yeah. a lot of jokes like um among like my roommate or like my boyfriend or like my friends like when i'm having a moment mm-hmm. or like when i when i'm being anxious and like we can find the laughter mm-hmm. in it but it's hard to like put that on stage because i find immediately the audience gets very tense about it um so it's just like especially if you're like if you have five minutes at open mic it's Mm -hmm. just like okay you're gonna feel tense 
but let's get over it because yeah. I have something funny to tell you, but like you don't have enough time for yeah. that. But it's, it's definitely something I want. Yeah. I something want. I find like you have to incorporate it into like a longer set and be like, Oh, you know me. Here's a bunch of silly stuff about dating. And then it's like, wham, yeah. <laughs> mental illness. Ha ha. Sneak attack. Um, Cause yeah, I've definitely like my yeah. mental health jokes go at the very least in the middle of my oh, set. Oh yes. Yeah. You just like, like feel like, the buttholes clench yeah, up. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta like let them yeah. get to know. Yeah. You know, this cutie, but I think then... like your, um, your classic like BPD joke, uh, like, um, is like, is like really, really smart. Like I, I'm Elspeth, right? Like, and you do, you say those acronyms. It's a really yeah. fun way, a like really Thank clever you. way. I don't want to like say the joke on, um, cause I want you to hear it on stage and for you all to laugh. Yes. <laughs> um, but it's a very, very clever, um, anyways, to get back to like the dating yeah. mis- uh, <laughs> topic. Um, I, I mean, I have a, a few other uh, questions about it. Um, uh, what would you tell your younger self about dating? What would you tell your younger self? Avoid men named Alex. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> there was like a year and a half where it was just like every guy was named Alex. And they were all terrible. Yeah, Jay- um, Jasons aren't very good either. That's what is I'm it? Sorry, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sure there are some good Alexes. I, I, yeah. If you're a good Alex, <laughs> hit me up. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I. Um, I don't know. I think, I mean, to quote RuPaul. Oh, yes. <laughs> the wonderful queen. Yes, exactly. A wonderful, a wonderful <laughs> God. Like, yeah, he's a God now. Yeah. <laughs> like, how are you going to love yourself? Or how are you going to love somebody else if you can't love yourself? If I just messed up the quote, but you know. Yeah. Yeah. Love your damn self. Yeah. You got to love your damn self. And yeah. I really like, uh, definitely did not for up until recently. Uh, and mm. I was just looking for it so hard mm-hmm. and like, and you know, when I was in good relationships, I'd put so much pressure on it because I needed that person. Yeah. Cause I didn't have like a sense of self. I didn't have, you know, so like mm-hmm. I'd say like the one like good relationship I was in in my twenties, I totally demolished. Okay. Um, because I mean, un- untreated mental illness and just, mm-hmm. just my inability to love myself and yeah. just like, you know, it's like if this ended, which it did, obviously like mm-hmm. if this ends, that's the end of the world. And that's like, yeah. who am I? And, mm-hmm. you know, I think it's just sort of, yeah, like love yourself, take care of yourself, stop trying to please people if you're not happy yeah. and like be nicer. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, absolutely. And it's such a, tremendously hard journey to go through it's so painful I went through I mean you know like I've been years of not loving myself I Mm -hmm. truly like and it still seeps in there like those those pathways in your brain are fucking strong though like really really strong Uh, like where you like have this narrative like I don't deserve this I I'm garbage like this is happening because of me like Mm -hmm. because I'm terrible but like it is just it is but event like it took me, I think like a decade of just like therapy and work and just like yeah. just just being kinder to myself to mm-hmm. like just love myself. Um, but again, it, the negativity seeps in. It's hard. Yeah, yeah. I, like sometimes I'll catch myself saying like mean stuff to myself, and I have to just sort of be like, no, no, 
Yeah. But it like when I was in my twenties and like throughout yeah. my teens and childhood, yeah. that was just the narrative I had in my head all the time. Oh, it was yeah. just you're a piece of crap. You're ugly. Yeah. You're blah, blah, you know, yeah. like and yeah. it's so like So that's like the easier pathway to go to yeah. for many years. And then like when you switch that, then like it it becomes easier. Yeah. Um and then but like when you're mixed dating into it, yeah. then like it's it can be a complete disaster, yeah. codependency, mm-hmm. just like all of that. Um, and I think like definitely like what you said, I can relate to like what I would tell my younger self is like, you are perfect the way you are mm-hmm. and you will find someone that loves you mm-hmm. no matter like all of you, like, like you don't have to like, uh, you don't have to adjust for someone else. Mm-hmm. You don't have to change yourself for like, you are fine. You are yeah. good. You are great. Um, where like I would, I would just change my entire like personality mm-hmm. to match this person. Cause I was like, but I need someone, I yeah. need someone because like, uh, and I, I'm garbage. So I have to change or whatever. So mm-hmm. it's super, super hard. It's super hard anyways. Yeah. Um, so we are coming to the end uh, okay. of our hour. Um, I, I always have a few questions that I ask every guest, mm-hmm. uh, and I'll go, I'll go into that. Um, what is what inspires you? What inspires your writing, your comedy? You went into talking about your mental illness inspires a little bit of your material, but in general, what inspires your comedy? That's such a hard. Uh, yeah, I think. Well, if I'm going through something, mm-hmm. trying to find the like the light in it, like trying to find what's funny about it. Mm-hmm. Um, which sometimes, like, I wrote a joke the other day, and it's like, that's too dark to ever say anywhere. <laughs> but I was like, ha ha, like, I got a chuckle out of, like, a yeah. really crappy situation. Um, I think just, like, my everyday life. Like, yeah. I think it's, uh, I see the world through, like, a slightly different lens because of my, like, mental health stuff. And so sometimes I'll just see things that I find funny and write about it or... You know, just mm-hmm. awkward situations can yeah. be very funny after yeah. they're done. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I feel like lately I've been writing a lot because I'm hosting a weekly open mic now. So it's like, oh, it's I so want great to, do, to have that. Yeah. That it's outlet. also though, like when I have like return people, I'm like, I have one new joke that isn't going to work. Like, <laughs> um, I mean, they most likely don't remember what you said yeah, anymore. So, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, so I, I think just sitting down and actually like just being like okay got it right like yeah um, absolutely i mean we definitely as comedians see things through mm-hmm. a different lens and i um i d- i can't i'm not a comedian that can just write like one-liners of just like absurd things like it's just like it really is just like my own stuff like my uh, like I don't know what else to write about but me Mm -hmm. um I mean I'm sure if I tried I can write write one-liners but it's just not me I just like I would oh man what I would do to be able to write (laughs) one-liners I have like two one-liners and it's just like I love a good one-liner they're so good I can't they're so good yeah my brain works in paragraphs yeah same (laughs) same and I mean like I like talking about myself, so it's okay. Exactly. It's all right. <laughs> <laughs> you should start a podcast. <laughs> right? Uh, funny. Funny how that works out. Um, my next question is, uh, what is your deepest passion? My deepest passion. I feel like, has everyone said comedy? No. <laughs> okay. No. Yeah. <laughs> I like honestly I think I would expect 
comedians to mostly yeah. say that, but yeah. I wish I had a better, more like, I love helping orphans. No, <laughs> I love getting on stage and talking about myself. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, honestly, comedy really like, uh, it has shaped so much of who I am and like changed my life. And like, you know, like I started, I was going through like a treatment program for like, the DBT that I mentioned beforehand. Mm -hmm. And I was, you know, like trigger warning, but like self-harming. Mm -hmm. And, you know, once I started getting more shows, I was like, okay, well, you know, I can't have those marks yeah. and go on stage. Like, like comedy really did. It came at the exact right time yeah. uh, in my life and it helped me through so much and it continues to, and like, I'm just, I'm really, I'm really passionate about it. Like it's, it's, mm -hmm. I mean, that, anyone yeah. that sees you on stage could, can tell for sure. Anyone that meets you can tell you work so freaking hard. Um, and yeah, like I, I would, I expect most of the guests to say that, but like, I think what I hope, and I think we'll see this trend in that question is that, um, comedy does come in a point in your time, like mm -hmm. in your life that like just really helps you and like, and just like gives you so much. It mm -hmm. has given me so much and it like came in the right time for me, because I was like finishing school, I hated school. Mm -hmm. And then I just had this like beacon of light that like I would get and just like pushed me through. Mm -hmm. And then um, then like it made me like if, if further like um, like if further like emphasize that like I should not be in going this path. I should be in the creative like mm -hmm. uh, path because like academia was just not my thing, even though I spent so much time there, <laughs> so much time there. Um, but yeah, I can relate to that for sure. My next question is uh, what is one of the hardest moments of your life? So I brought this up already, but uh, mm -hmm. like doing DBT like yeah. was so hard. It was twice a week for like six hours, like mm -hmm. three hour segments. Um, it just, I had to drudge up all mm -hmm. of the gunk yeah. and put it on the table and examine it. And it was like, there was a group session that was I think three hours long. And then I had an hour with my like one-on-one -on -one therapist and it was so hard. Yeah. Um, but it is the reason I'm still alive. So mm -hmm. I just, yeah. comedy, um, <laughs> <laughs> but like, it's definitely, it, yeah, it was yeah. really, really hard. It was like, I think over a year as well. Over so for a year. Like That's twice intense. a week, yeah. it was very intense, Yeah, but so worth it. And like, if anyone listening is, you know, going to, is in DBT or going to go to dbt like it's gonna be hard but do it, it. Get, like it gets, it gets it, better it, it saved my life like yeah it's, yeah i think there's a misrepresentation of like therapy in general that like oh you go in and you feel good right oh away we're like i've been in therapy for six years mm -hmm. consistently now and there's still times where i'm just like this is the worst feeling. Oh, like, yeah. the, like I thought I dealt with this, but no, we're bringing it back. We're bringing it back, and it's it's so hard. But then it ultimately is just it really is just like it's it's making me functional. Oh yeah, it's 100%. making me functional. Yeah. Um, uh, so it's so so worth it. Mm -hmm. Yay therapy! <laughs> Woohoo! Um, well, 
we're coming to the end, like I said, but I really want to talk about Battle of Wits. I okay. would be, I would r- regret not talking about it because it's one of the greatest shows uh, thank you. ever. <laughs> and it's so really, it's so cute. It's so fun. Uh, tell the listeners about it. Um, it's, I'll put more of a context. It's a, it's Elspeth's show that she runs here in Montreal. It's once a month. Uh, she started it before the pandemic. Mm-hmm. So it was online. It was in person. It's coming up uh, for the Zoo Fest just for last festival this will come out after that but it was there mm-hmm. <laughs> it, was it was awesome great. it was great sold out crowds sold amazing out. tv executive saw it and now you can watch it on cbc yes, exactly we're putting <laughs> that out in the universe yeah, now and it will happen come on cbc gem you're looking for content <laughs> yes exactly so tell listeners about it the concept uh, of it. it's yeah, so, so original it's a comedy game show it's similar to a lot of British panel shows, yeah. sort of like uh, 8 Out of 10 Cats or QI, um, but it has its own little spin. So it starts out with like a round of impossible to answer questions and the comedians all do that. Mm-hmm. And then we have the what does it mean round, which is like words that are indefinable. Uh, mm-hmm. I think in the like 50 shows we've done, we've had two people know the yeah. words. Yeah. Uh, and then it's two truths, one lie, which is just a classic sort of theater mm-hmm. kid game. And I love that because I love seeing what people lie about. And yeah. it's so funny. It is like, so fun. And oh, God, I've had so much fun yeah. on that show. Yeah. And yeah. my favorite round is the how much round where yeah. I find uh, just weird stuff for sale on the Internet, which mm-hmm. is just endless Um, lots of taxidermy to the point where like I had a friend gift me this weird taxidermy thing that's just in my apartment again oh Alistair it was like on a live episode or something that Trina Wintour named him yes I think it was Alistair Banks I think so yes think is the dad from Mary Poppins yes but it suits him (laughs) uh, yeah and uh yeah and it's just it's a really fun game like I've been so like fortunate kind of that like during the pandemic i was able to have just a bunch of amazing people on like i had ali hassan on Mm -hmm. and like sean cullen and like just a bunch of like super cool people from across across the country Mm -hmm. um like i had one episode that was just like two writers for this hour is 22 minutes just like that's insane yeah um and it was yeah super fun super cool um yeah yeah. it's such a fun show um you can find a lot of episodes like on your youtube Mm -hmm. is battle of wits right Mm -hmm. on on youtube um and yeah um go see it live it's it's really really fun and creative um we do have to wrap up i can talk to you forever but um thank you you so much for being here oh it was, thank you it was so nice it was I had a great time <laughs> yeah yeah we'll, we'll come back and we'll talk more about dating i guess <laughs> i don't know <laughs> i want to thank all the listeners uh for tuning in i want to thank our funders our sponsors uh pentelis comedy for letting us use the studio poseidon zach kick on gang, the ones and t- on the ones and twos <laughs> fernando that's our social media expert uh and like follow subscribe Hi, this was House of Stone.